0: Welcome back to Campfire Chronicles. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Garrett. So this will be part two of our St. Albans uh, discussion with Whitney. So we left y'all with a pretty good cliffhanger. Um, We ended it on the tongue man. And so now we're going to kind of get into a little bit more of the history and kind of the fate of St. Albans, where it could possibly go. And then, uh, you know, maybe maybe some little more spoopiness. So, Whitney... We're going to let you kind of take the reins again and, and do your thing.
1: God help you all. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so I think we did end up talking about electroshock a bit yep. um, and the feelings that I got in there. That was by no means my own. I mean, we had I had tons of experiences in that place. Mostly it was sensory Um, the feelings of being touched there was one really vivid time we were in the an isolation ward and the isolation wards one of them was like a pink had a pink wall at the very end of it so they called it the pink floor I think the last door on the right hand side as we were going down I felt something just kind of swarm up on me and just went whoo like angry like really angry but not personally towards me just this feeling of anger
2: general anger
1: anger and frustration it was like get up in my face and i was pretty much at the end of the group so i'm like yay i'm the last person (laughs) never be the last person in a place like that but um, (laughs) i grabbed one of the investigators and one of the docents i was like there that room i want to go in there so we actually separated from the rest of the group and stayed in that room, in that isolation ward. The um, REM pod in there went absolutely berserk. And we were all pinned back against, it's not a big room, but we were pinned back against the walls and everything, trying to stay out of the way. Now, it was February. I was wearing my very thick boots. I was wearing thermal underwear because it's cold in there. I had on a sweater, a big thick jacket, and a backpack. The very one I actually have with me right now. I was pretty much covered up. I felt something poke me in the middle of my back.
2: Through all of those layers?
1: Yep. Like right in the center of my shoulder
2: blades. Oh, man. (laughs) All right.
1: Yeah. We did eventually back out of the room. We're like, okay, we're going to leave, turn off the REM pod and just see, you know, because it could have malfunctioned or something. Devices are interesting. They really are.
2: Yeah.
1: We went back in and turned on the REM pod and it never behaved like it did again.
2: Hmm.
1: So, and when we did get back in there, I just got the feeling like, it's quiet. It's clean. It's... Just a room. It's just a room. Whatever we were supposed to have in there, it happened. And now it's gone. Which I think is a common thing in St. Albans. There's a lot of free-ranging energy that just sort of goes all around the place. You, they don't just stay in one area. They have areas that they like, I think, but they don't They don't just stay there. They're not restricted. Um, it's also... Lots of shadow figures. No, I did not see the crawler, which is probably a good thing.
0: <laughs> if if I ever get my way over to St. Albans and I see the crawler, I'm I'm done. I'm not I'm mm-mm. The Crawler is.
1: It's a kind of shadow figure. So shadow figures can be very I've noticed this in some of the research I've done in the past. Shadow figures seem to be pretty common in hospitals, in mental facilities like the, I mean, you hear about them in St. in Trans-Allegheny for one thing. You hear about them at Waverly Hills Sanatorium, which is high up on my list to go to. I will go before I die. Where's that? That's in outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. It's a big one. It's a big one. But, um, I don't know why shadow figures manifest. I mean, so many people come and go through these hospitals and these sites. Maybe it's just little impressions of what of just echoes, but could also be something else. There's so many theories about what shadow figures are. The crawler happens to be a very common one, from what I'm hearing. And they're called crawlers because they literally crawl on the ceilings and on the walls. Oh,
0: my gosh. Yep. If you remember, (laughs) if you remember back to the exorcism uh, episode, I do not fuck with things that crawl. Uh,
2: I don't know if it's things that crawl that do it for me, but as soon like on the floor in particular. But as soon as you start crawling on walls and ceilings, I think that's where I draw the line.
0: Uh, Any kind of crawling,
2: no. (laughs) Ah. no. I,
1: I, I guess I shouldn't tell you guys that I'm an avid D and D player, and we just recently played um, an installment of Curse of Strahd, where we have vampires crawl, crawling up the walls. Oh.
2: <laughs> oh. I can't do things. I'm a
1: nerd, everyone. <laughs> I can uh...
2: things crawling on the floor is is one uh, one thing.
0: Walls and ceilings, no.
2: Shadow figures.
0: No. Also no.
1: Also no. See, yeah. I
0: can I can mess with the shadow figure. That that's no that's no problem. It's it's the the like I said, they're they're crawling for me. I no no just no <laughs> just no just no get up on two feet. <laughs> get up on two feet.
1: Well, how okay? Well, another kind of shadow figure that has been seen at St Albans is the Hat Man.
2: The Hat Man?
1: The Hat Man. He apparently appears wearing a hat.
2: The Hat Man is also what I call Chris.
1: No, not that kind of hat. More like a fedora. Okay. More like an old style.
2: Like a a Frank Sinatra figure?
1: Kind of, except he's a shadow figure.
2: I can be friends with him.
1: Well, apparently people feel a great sense of dread around him.
2: I could be friends with him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Although, once again, I mean, you're going to hear so many things about shadow people and shadow figures. That's probably an episode in and of itself because there's so many theories about what they can possibly be. I Jury's out for me right now, um, although I did see a fair number of shadow figures in St. Albans. But mostly I... Like, it's weird. Um, It's pitch black in there, for starters, guys. Day or night, anytime you go, as uh, Garrett said, it is pitch black. So you can't always know exactly what you're seeing. But when I sense or see something, it kind of doesn't necessarily show up in my eyes, in my vision. It'll kind of pick up like almost like a, a disturbance, and then it translates into my brain. In one particular room, they call it the dragon room because, and I think it used to be an old recreation room, but they have a spray painted dragon on the wall. I don't know where that came from. I'm sure some people would probably tell you, but um we're standing in there and we're kind of making a little cir- a circle around, you know, the devices to see if we could elicit activity. They, I don't recall them talking to us, but... I looked behind everybody, and I felt there were shadow figures just sort of standing around us, like on the perimeter Unless of the room. They
2: were part of the group.
1: No, more like they. I mean, they were definitely not part of the group. <laughs> but it's like they were standing around us and just watching. Huh. Just watching us, and that was a lot of what I got in st Albans too you are watched there you may not even realize it but they're watching you
2: (laughs) that's one thing that i pick up on a lot is that like very often especially in the places that just chris and i have gone in the you know the short amount of time that we've been exploring i have felt the you know the weird eerie feeling that you have eyes on you but there's no one else around Mm -hmm. except for the people you're with But within, you know, two seconds, you look around and you can tell that nobody else that's with you is looking at you. But you still feel the overwhelming sensation that something is looking at you. And that's one thing that I do feel quite often when we're just kind of exploring these historical areas of Richmond or wherever we're at. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, and... Don't really want to spoil it because we want to do an uh, episode later on. But like um, Hanover Tavern, going back to you know us discussing about that. that I don't know if we talk awesome. about that. That on, place is on so record. awesome. It's a really cool place. And like when him and I went for just kind of a tour of the place, we got into one specific room and him and I both kind of felt the same thing. But we didn't we didn't discuss it. You know, that, that's kind of our, 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 our unspoken rule was we don't discuss it till we're done with everything. And then we talk about it um but he when we were outside he was like man i feel like i keep getting watched out you know and by the windows and i said mm-hmm. well i felt the same thing mm-hmm. and then i asked him about this one specific room that goes up to the third floor like the steps going to the third floor i said do you feel like there's people watching you from the steps and he and you were like yeah yeah there is and but see the thing is it's like the, you didn't it didn't feel malicious you know it, it doesn't feel unwanted it just feels like a confusion to me it felt like a confusion why okay. are you here why are you in this space um I they're, don't know they're you. literally just observing you yeah. or
1: be like oh there's more of you yeah. what are you, what are you gonna do this time what exactly. are you gonna what do you want what do you want us to do this time yeah yeah because I will tell you the spirits at Hanover tavern are definitely used to people. They yeah, definitely are. No, <laughs> but
2: anyway, I mean that place is still used for, you know, they have the restaurant. Oh yeah. Um, down on the, I guess the first floor. The yeah. first the bottom floor, floor, bottom floor. I guess in theory the basement, uh, what used to be the basement of the house,
0: I think is nah, where you, there's a basement underneath of it. I believe. I don't know, but Steve can tell us more.
1: Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let 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 Steve of Transcend ter- Paranormal tell you because he's definitely got.
2: Yeah, he's got
1: the market on Hanover Tavern. We're
2: hoping that uh, Steve can join us for the episode about Hanover Tavern. Um, obviously, according to his schedule, of course. But yes, definitely. We're hoping that he can join us for that because he's he's definitely the guy with all of the information. Yeah.
1: And once again, everybody, I just kind of want to make it clear: I am by no means an expert. I just happen to be really good at history, but when I left st albans i knew i was gonna come back and i hope i can go back you know i'm willing to shell out the money for it because i feel like and i'm no i'm not the only one with this i feel like there's so much more that needs to be explored and researched especially about the history because there are a lot of misconceptions i think
2: so, let's, let's get into the misconceptions.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. So, I actually have talked about this before um on another podcast because I'm always into historical debunking. I just have to because you you need to get the truth of things. I and, think
2: uh I think Chris shares that trait with you.
1: Yeah, and I hate to say it, I'm kind of relentless about it, but I'm like, "Hey, do you want the truth? I don't Besides, I think it's fair to everybody and I think it's fair to the spirits." Um, but anyway, one of the big stories about St. Albans happened before. There was even a building there. The ridge, uh, you know, if you've seen the ridge, it's a pretty good strategic location for just about anything. Yeah. Um, but one thing that they would say it is what's been said is it used to be the site of a settlement in 18th century in 1755 called draper's meadow now draper's meadow was you know a settlement of english and probably other europeans and there was a massacre There in 1755, and from the native tribes, and basically it was Shawnee who kidnapped people and slaughtered a bunch of people on the settlement and took them out west.
2: Goodness gracious.
1: Okay, well, there was a massacre, but not there. The massacre actually took place on the site of Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia. Now, now radford christiansburg and blacksburg are all part of the same area it's the same greater metropolitan area so but you know virginia tech is virginia tech and radford is radford so now that's not to say that there's not association with some of what happened there were there probably other settlements of european and english settlers Probably, most likely. There definitely were native settlements around that area in close to St. Albans, where St. Albans is. But um, the whole story, of course, revolves around a pioneer woman named Mary Draper Inglis, who was part of the Draper's Meadow group. Now, she was actually taken and held as a slave by the uh, Shawnee. So were some other members of her family she is a legitimate historical figure and She did escape captivity and she made like an 800 mile trek back to get home
2: 800 miles
1: Uh, thereabouts. Yeah, I mean she she shows up Mary Draper Inglis Um, Now there is a statue to Mary Draper Inglis on the Radford side of the uh, river uh, right down there near the Glencoe Museum, actually, she probably did go through there, and she does have association with the Radford area because she and her husband settled there. There is a ferry farm because uh, they ran a ferry service across the river, and a tavern. So her hom- the homestead is there, but it's nowhere near St. Albans. Gotcha. So that part is kind of debunked and in fact at Virginia Tech they do have a marker a historical marker about where the Draper's Meadow massacre took place so that's one thing um <laughs> it's it's interesting i don't think it was a mistake on purpose you know i think it was just an honest mistake in the details right and the fact that you know the preponderance of native tribes out there and the fact that mary draper Inglis did indeed have ties to that area okay so that might have had something to do with it makes sense so now let's jump ahead to the civil war now there were definitely skirmishes in that area definitely one of the big ones that's associated with saint alban's site is called the battle of cloyd's mountain now It actually did not take place there on the ridge. Now, was there possibly um, Union artillery near that ridge? Most likely there was because they were trying to take out the Virginia and Tennessee Railroad, especially towards the end of the Civil War. So the Battle of Cloyd's Mountain, and you can actually go to um, Virginia Tech's website. They have a Center for uh, Civil War Studies Um, so it's all about civil war history in Virginia and also beyond. It's a great resource. I highly recommend it, but, um, they do say where the battle of Cloyd's mountain was. It was in Pulaski County, which is the same County as St. Albans. Um, St. Albans technically is located in Fairlawn, Virginia, but it's still Radford. Basically. Um, it was fought May 9th, 1864. And, um, Actually, two future presidents uh, fought in the Battle of Cloyd's Mountain. It was uh, Rutherford B. Hayes and William McKinley. So that's interesting. The, yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So there See, was.
2: This is why I love this podcast. <laughs> and, I, and I love bringing people on because regardless of whether I know the information or not, or if I've ever heard the information or not, it doesn't matter because I'm better after each one of these podcasts because I have the information and I it's, I'm not going to say that I will remember all of it, especially off the top of my head. Uh, my memory is proven to be absolute shit, but even still I feel more educated, especially with my, my home state, knowing the information and being able to, to hear about all of these things that happened here. And the, you know, the historical
0: significance of such things yeah it's not just it's not just always about the paranormal
1: yeah honestly this is why I like doing stuff like this too Um, I'm obsessed with history period but I am I I just like to share it with people and I hope I do it interestingly so that matters anyway but um, the Battle of Cloyd's Mountain was a pretty intense battle it lasted an hour and it was some pretty heavy casualties on both sides Um, just an hour 688 Union, 538 Confederate.
2: So, what, just over 1,200 people?
1: Mm-hmm. And not a whole lot of troops that were engaged in this. It, it was apparently a short duration, but also a relatively low number of troops for I mean, the Battle of Cloyd's Mountain.
2: That's, uh, I mean, that's virtually a, a massacre right there.
1: Yeah, and hand-to-hand. Wow. Yeah yeah pretty much uh, but it was fought in a place near dublin uh, virginia which is still in pulaski county but it's not st albans however there was a battle fought near st albans and it was the battle of new river bridge so remember the new river well they were trying to take out the bridge <laughs> and this is fought like may 10th 1864 and the whole thing was to take out the railroad it was a weak point point. and they say you can actually still see surviving railroad bridge piers not too far from st albans today hmm. so that might be a possibility as well i mean people may i think what's happened is specific events are a mistake but The general things in the area most likely did happen. So wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah.
2: But like you said, the common misconception is that they happened in or or near or on the grounds of where St. Albans stands. Exactly. Okay.
1: Yeah. But things did happen. Yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, as we talked about last time with Radford. Radford was a huge railroad center and practically right in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's a pretty strategic area. Yeah. If you really look at it.
2: Got to take the high ground.
1: Yep. You sure do. It was pretty interesting fight. Um, And I'll send you guys the, I mean, if you guys want to include things in your show notes or whatever, I can gladly send you links to all of this information because it's fascinating and there's even some pretty cool primary sources you can look at
2: awesome well i know we mentioned it at the end of the first part of this but let's talk about maybe the future of st albans
1: (sighs) your guess is as good as mine um i gotta say that when it comes to researching who actually owns st albans right now it's really hard to do that I did mention that it's a dedicated crew of people who are working there. Volunteers who are leading the tours, who are helping with the events, who do preservation efforts. But I actually really don't know who owns the building now. I know that they were trying to get it um, historical landmark status. I think it is viewed as a historic landmark in Radford, but... To get yourself on the land, you know, as a Virginia historic landmark or national historic landmark, you've got to go through a certain amount of protocol and documentation. You have to prove that your site, and, and as little as I understand this, you have to prove that your site is significant in some way, whether it's architectural significance historical even geographic i i mean there's just so many things
2: i think it would pass on the on the grounds of historical significance uh based on what i've heard i don't like you said i as much as or as little as i know about this i don't i don't know what the you know requirements are um but i wonder if you can't find who owns the building because it's local maybe state government uh, county government, maybe something like that, or it could just be some combination of property management companies.
1: Probably, and I think I think Radford University had its hand in it at some point. I don't I don't know if they still do. Right. Um, Marcel is the director of operations there. She's a lovely woman. She's been there for quite some time, and you can tell that she really cares about the place. Um, there were plans at some point of making it into a museum, an actual museum. Um, and I think somebody talked about making it some kind of enlightenment center, you know, to raise more awareness about mental illness and to also host, you know, continue to host paranormal events because that does bring in revenue. Yeah. But you also. I think also that's a. Need, I think yeah. that's a
2: very good idea. I like that idea.
1: But you also need to stabilize the building, and there's still yeah. some areas where you it needs a it does need a lot of work, and I can't help but imagine how this past year has affected things. I mean, I was supposed to go. I mean, before COVID even happened, you know, there was a huge group there at, that I attended. And then there was supposed to be another one, but then they canceled it because of COVID. They, it's it's a it's a rough situation, I'm sure. So I have no idea.
2: Do you think that it will ever be fully restored? Because I, I, I know it seems like it would take a, a pretty large investment in order to do so. Um, like you just said, you there are some parts of the building that you would have to completely restructure and other parts where it's basically like a like a full gut and kind of renovation deal. But obviously, you want to keep the historical significance accurate. So you yeah. don't want to, you know, take out too much of the history by doing renovations or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, you could definitely walk in there and feel – I mean, it's not like you have to wear hard hats or anything. So it is – I mean, there's a roof over your head. The walls are intact. But then there's just so much of – The graffiti and everything i i mean they may think i mean who knows some people may think it might be worthwhile to leave the graffiti because it shows a time period in the in the site i don't know i honestly don't know and you know i don't know what's best for the building myself because i'm not there right so i don't know what it means to the community i do know that in when it was run as a boys' school and also when it was run as a hospital, it did provide a lot for the community. Um, It provided an entertainment space, you know, especially in the years of the boys' school. It was jobs, you know, for teachers and then later for hospital staff. You know, it would be nice if it could. It would be nice. But, again, because I'm not there and I can't and it's not my right to speak for them right you know but your guess is as good as mine
2: i think it'd be awesome if they delegated part of it as a museum and historical center uh mm. for the area and for the you know the building and the grounds itself and then kind of leave the other whatever rest of the building and whatnot um alone to do the paranormal investigations and stuff like that i just in you know my own thought process i think that would be a, a great way for them to go
0: so we just looked at it like in a positive light and i'm I'm a very negative person sometimes yeah you,
1: yeah, <laughs> so, you know we love you
0: <laughs> so um let's say the building does get torn down let's say it does happen mm. um What do you think is going to happen with all those spirits and the energy and all that that's in that is being held and hosted in that building?
1: Oh, and now we're going to get to that part. (laughs) What what actually could be there? Because it's probably more than what people think. You definitely have the remnants of whoever came and went through that building when it was a hospital. I wouldn't, I mean, there are cases of probably suicides and other deaths there, definitely. Whatever the land was before. I mean, who knows? You might even have some remnants from the boys' school. I wouldn't be surprised, and this has been a recent thought of mine. I actually wonder if Professor George Miles. Might be there. He was the founder and the first headmaster. And
0: since he loved that place and loved being around it, I mean, that's a that's a good possibility.
1: And he died pretty quickly. Um, he he had to re- step down as headmaster in the 1902, 1903. And nobody knew what was going on with him. But it turned out he had health problems. He actually died in 1905, um, I think, from cancer of the liver
2: which is the same year that it stopped being a boys school correct
1: that was going to be the last that was the what ended up being the last year there's an article in the richmond times dispatch that year about that and you know expressing regret about it closing down so i wouldn't be surprised if maybe professor miles might be there in some form um and you hear a lot about the mental side of things but What about the years when it was a boys' school? All that energy that these young men...
0: A lot of happy. It seemed like there would be a lot of happy energy there.
1: A lot of happy, a lot of homesickness, a lot of, you know, stress, I'm sure. There was talk that they favored the strong over the more cerebral-minded students. Now, I can't prove that either way, but... In a school environment, it is an unfortunate thing. You are going to get bullying.
2: Yep. So I wouldn't
1: be surprised if some of that is left behind.
2: And then what about the decade where we don't know what was going on?
1: There's that too. Um, Yeah. I
2: mean, who knows who was in and out of that building? Like you said earlier, whether or maybe in the previous episode, like Mm -hmm. it could have been squatters. It could have been... People who were ill. It could have been, they could have been doing seances, like Chris said earlier. It could have been used for any reason. And there's no documentation during that, you said, what, 10, 11 years that it was not in operation? At least. I mean,
1: who knows? But then there's the land itself. I mean, you're dealing, if you go with the idea of stone tape theory, and because I'm convinced that some of the hauntings in St. Albans is residual. I really am convinced of that. But that's not to say that there isn't other things there. Right. Um, Some people think that old red eyes might be something demonic, which I didn't – now, having said that, I personally didn't get a demonic read there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that something like that isn't there. Right. I do think, however, there's a lot of strong – elemental vibes in that area. You've got a very powerful river down there that is old and still running active. You've got very old and powerful land there. I wouldn't be surprised if you've got some energy that's coming straight from the earth. Right. And that's manifesting itself into whatever people want it to see. There's still, I mean, I have a lot of theories, but they're just that. And it could also just be what I would want to see. But you go there, you're never going to be the same again. That is definitely for sure. And I guess maybe eventually I'll lose my obsession of it. (laughs) But I think there's still a story to be told there. And I think they're still reaching out to... Maybe get people to come and raise awareness to the point where they could save that building and make it something.
2: I think that would be phenomenal because I, I, like I said, history alone. I I think the building is worth something. I think it is a huge draw for for tourism in that area, especially tourism that has an interest in things like this, Mm. Um, not just from a historical standpoint, but from a paranormal standpoint, like you said, and. I, I truly believe, and I maybe it's just my own hope that they they do end up fully restoring it and keeping it structurally sound and keeping it
0: around.
1: And that's going to take a lot of dedication.
0: Yeah, so. I ideally would be the probably the best for it is if Radford didn't have its hands on it to put their hands on it to turn it into a like we said a museum and stuff like that because Radford's got the money. Oh, yeah. So they could they could turn around and have that done in six months to a year with a fully furnished museum in it and be able to use that as a learning portion for their students. So, I mean, that's just an idea.
1: I think somebody told me this. I think because there are a couple of modern buildings up on that same hill where St. Albans is. I think those are administered by Radford University. But again, to what capacity? I don't know.
0: Radford just ends up turning into like dorms. <laughs> what do you mean?
2: Those Radford are ends up Radford ends up turning it into a party house, oh, yeah,
0: a big frat no. house,
2: big giant frat house.
1: Oh no! Oh no! 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 no. I'll tell
2: oh. you what. I never went to college, but I've been to Radford. You yeah.
1: have what?
2: Huh? No, I didn't go to college, but oh. uh, but. I definitely have been to Radford a lot of times.
1: Oh yeah. For, I uh, yeah. I first... went to Longwood myself.
2: <laughs> oh, I've been there too.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you
2: have. Yeah, I've taken a I've taken a Virginia tour of colleges and not because I was interested in going to them. <laughs> if you follow. I get. You.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we love you.
2: Mm-mm.
1: You're you're loved. You're appreciated.
2: I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> so, before we before we end out, um do you have any kind of shout-outs, any any kind of thing like that?
1: Oh boy, do I have shout-outs? Okay, so first off, I want to shout out Red Vane Haunted House or Red Vane Army. If you ever go to the website redvanearmy.com, you can get a gateway to a horror club. You can get the gateway to the Haunted House Attraction, which is at Hanover Vegetable Farm. Um the escape room and my personal wing of it, the Ashland haunted history tours. We are open. Um, we basically do private group tours right now in the off season, but check out the website and who knows, I might lead you down the spirits of railroad Avenue in the center area of Ashland. Um, also I want to shout out, of course, all of my wonderful friends in the paranormal community who run from Transcend Paranormal, Haunts of Richmond, and eventually my own group, whoo-hoo, which is exciting. Um, got a couple, I also want to shout out, uh, the Valentine Museum in Richmond, Virginia, not a paranormal place, but if you want a really good, solid, Museum history experience. We are open. We are free admission with time tickets. We are obeying all COVID protocols. But I work there as a museum educator and we have an amazing collection. And we're also doing wonderful things in the wake of everything that went on with COVID and with the protests and everything. We're really trying to tell as complete a story about Richmond and all its diverse history so that's pretty cool too and i'm busy i write books so (laughs) i'm just me
0: (laughs) well we want to thank you for coming on and giving us a history lesson lesson a paranormal lesson of saint albans and hopefully saint albans will be around you know long enough so gary can take his daughter there and you know i can eventually take whatever i have so but, yeah, we do want to thank you for coming on and um, giving us some information on it. So Oh,
1: it was my pleasure. I really love that place, and I'm not the only one who loves it. So I also want to shout out Alan Marston because he also is a huge person in the paranormal field around here, and he loves St. Albans, too. And just like me, he wants to see that it's treated with respect.
0: Absolutely. So – I want to thank you all for listening. If you're enjoying our show, be sure to follow us and stay tuned for more episodes to come.
2: And as always, do your own research. All right, St.
0: Albans, bye!